Hello, and welcome to the first edition of the 2016 Black History Month, the Black Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Sands, the opinions editor at the University Star. And with me, I have three fine ladies. Why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm Michaela Everett. I'm an opinions columnist. I'm Alicia Hurst. I'm an opinions columnist. And I'm Sterling Wilmer. I'm also an opinions columnist. All right, great. Nice to have y'all here. How are y'all feeling? Great. (laughs) Excited to talk about some black stuff. Um, So for the first week, um, we started off with Michaela with your piece on um, the importance of knowing who you are as a people. Can you explain um, to the people who probably aren't too familiar with the column what your point was and what you hope to gain from writing it? I was just saying that it's important to know where you come from to understand where you're going in the future. And history shapes who we are as a people, whether it be black history or American history or the history of the world in general. If you have a basic understanding of the past, you can better prepare yourself for the future. So I think it's very important that we as African-Americans know our history, know the struggles of our ancestors so that we can strive to be even better than the accomplishments, so that we can strive to do even better than the accomplishments that they've already made. What'd y'all think about the piece? I think it was great. It was. It is very important to know your history because it does shape how we are in the future as well as today. So I think that everyone should know their history, black or white, and you know, just to go off of something that's happened in the past to you know change the future is very important. So I'm glad that she addressed that. Yeah, I, I also think that. Um well, two things. One of the things that I, while I was reading it, I was thinking um, how not everyone has this, the same access to resources to properly educate themselves on things pertaining to the black community and just in general. Not everyone has equal access to resources. So I thought that it would be important to note that and also um, in conversations about uh, educating yourselves, oftentimes from the opposition, we hear like, you know, generally white people, let's get real, um, talking about, you know, educate me, like, tell me what's going on. And I I think it's important to note that it's not our job to educate other people on our community, especially in the 21st century, when we live in the age of information where the entire encyclopedia of the world is literally in the palm of your hand. And it's it's a form of, it's kind of a form of oppression and entitlement when discussing these things that hit so close to home for black people, things that are so personal to us, um, to disregard our feelings in that moment and to educate you even though you generally have the means to educate yourself on it. You get what I'm saying? Sterling, what'd you think? Um, I totally agreed with the article um, column. And uh, if we don't you know, learn about history in general, we're bound to repeat it. So I think it's good for generations to learn and appreciate the sacrifices that people had made before them and be appreciative of that. So I I agreed with the points made in the article. And um, Michaela, you talked about how um, there are these different stereotypes that people have kind of created regarding black womanhood. You talked about how knowing um, these different people who had overcome through adversity and excelled through adversity, actually, Um, from your mother who taught you about these things, 
how that helped shape um, a positive self-image for you. Can you expound upon that for everyone? So, as a young black girl, I was very um, influenced by mainstream media, of course. And um, I wanted, you know, straighter hair, lighter skin, even though I'm pretty light-skinned to begin with. But when I was around, I want to say 12 or 13, my mom gave me this book by Maya Angelou, and it's called Letters to My Daughter. And reading that book made me want to learn more about other black women who have done great things, regardless of what they look like, or no, just regardless of what they look like. And when I would read about these women and I would go and look at them, you could see like the strength shining through their eyes and that made them so beautiful to me. And I was like, dang, I wanna be like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, especially in school, they don't really teach us about black history. No. And if they do mention it, they only bring up slavery and they touch on civil rights for a little bit. And when you're like one of the few black kids in class, all the white kids kind of turn and look at you and you're yeah. like, Ugh. It's so funny you mentioned that because um, I, have, I have this class, um, Politics of Extremism or something. Um, that's what it's called. I don't know why I said or something like that. Politics of extremism. And uh, one of the girls in class, she was like talking about police brutality and like black people or something like that. It was so funny because I like sit in the, it's, it's like a conference room. So I sit in the back kind of and she's like off to the side, but she was like, the professor was in the front and she's just like looking at me talking about this stuff. And I'm just sitting here like, um, okay, girl, like keep talking. Like I don't, like she literally maintained <laughs> eye contact with me for like two minutes and I'm just sitting here like, Hey, how you doing? Um, so, um, but I also wanted to point out, um, you talk about uh, stereotypes and how harmful they can be. Do you think knowing yourself and your history as a, as a people helps to combat against quote unquote stereotypes? I definitely do, because it's so easily to be swayed by those stereotypes, but when you look at people who obviously don't fit them, mm-hmm. you have to question like, who came up with this? What do they even mean? They don't mean anything because there are so many people that prove these stereotypes wrong. And just knowing that can, like, you just feel like you're, I don't know, part of something great. Yeah. Do you think that, and this for the entire room, do you think that stereotypes are, why do you think stereotypes are so harmful? Because they're usually negative. Mm-hmm. There's very few positive stereotypes out there and the ones that are out there diminish people like um oh black people are dangerous or scary or we're loud and uncivilized like Mm -hmm. what do you mean i also think that the stereotypes don't kind of come from anywhere like they're not just made up some maybe but um, we do, like, in opposed to her, like, we do kind of, I don't know if we fit the stereotype because it's said or, or because we've done it already, and that's why people think that, but, like, being loud, like, I can be loud, like, you know, being ghetto, I can be ghetto, like, there's different aspects to it, so, um, opposed to, like, negative stereotypes, I think, I do think we, as a people, do kind of conform to them sometimes, and I'm not sure if it's because... You know, we're trying to, I don't know. I just, I just feel like we do 
kind of fit the stereotypes, but overall, there since they are in a negative light, there's more people that do that don't fit it than people that do. Is that if that makes sense? Yeah, I got you saying. What do you think, Sterling? As far like I understand what she's coming from with trying to figure out. I think like the question is is was is it like a self self fulfilling prophecy type thing? Like which came first, the chicken or the egg with the stereotypes? So, because I know there are some stereotypes, I mean, as far as, like, people talking about our intelligence and stuff, that went all the way back to, you know, slave times and when they were colonializing and, you know, they just thought, the, like, the, the Caucasian Aryan race just thought they were smarter than, so that's a stereotype that's been there, set there, and, but, um, sometimes I think for what, forever, for whatever reason, minorities, have um all minorities will have stereotypes and they're negative but they are stereotypes for white people and they're positive stereotypes Mm -hmm. you know like oh all white people are safe like we um like um or um they have good credit yeah they have they have good every everything you know our white neighborhoods we put stereotypes on predominantly white neighborhoods like oh this is a good neighborhood Um, I'm going to move here. I'm going to take my family here. I'm going to go in this predominantly white school district. Um, So I think as far as stereotypes, again, it's unfair because minorities get stereotypes and they're mostly negative connotations towards us. But Caucasian people get best of both worlds. They have good stereotypes and then they have bad stereotypes. Yeah. But usually those stere- those bad stereotypes are within the minority communities and it's understood within those minority communities, not everybody else. Yeah. So. Um, I think it's important to note that positive stereotypes can be just as harmful as negative ones because the whole problem with stereotypes in general is the fact that they're just these one-dimensional characterizations of people. It's not necessarily whether it's good or bad, it's just that you've pigeonholed people to be this one thing. You've pigeonholed people to be ghetto or to be loud or something like this. Not to say that those are negative things per se, but it's just it's a one-dimensional view of what a human being is. And as we know, there's nuance to everything. Um, so in the conversation about stereotypes, I, I'm, I'm never one to deride people for supposedly adhering to stereotypes because they think that they're just being, a lot of times they're just being who they are. Like stereotypes were born long before any of us were even thought of. And I'm not gonna tell someone, oh, you can't be loud, you can't be what society deems as ghetto when that's actually who they are. If you adhere to a stereotype, then, you know, that's just who you are maybe. And it's unfair for me to posit this kind of uh, respectability politics position, saying that because you are being who you are, that's diminishing my light in the greater landscape of society. So kind of going off what you were saying, Alicia, about you know how you could be loud or quote unquote ghetto um, and how people just fit, fit those. And I think that that's true and we shouldn't be so quick to demonize people for fitting those things if that makes sense yeah i think you're right especially in regards to the whole um strong black woman stereotype Mm -hmm. which is generally a positive thing 
and many black women are very strong and independent and they step in and they take care of business but at the same time maybe a woman doesn't want to be strong all the time yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah it's kind of a, a way to I saw this quote, I think it was from Nora Zale Hurston. Um, Zora Neale Hurston? I always Zora Neale Hurston? I always get them confused. Zora Neale Hurston. Um, that says, the black woman is the mule of the world. So with your the stereotype of the strong black woman, is, is, it's just a kind of way to put all of everyone's baggage on black women. Cause, oh, they're so strong. They can take it. Just yeah. throw everything on them. So it's kind of going back to what <laughs> just all, everyone's just doing, not just black people, you know, white people here, black women, take this. I don't want any more. Um, so that kind of goes into what you're saying. Were you going <laughs> to... Any final words on this topic about knowledge of self? Any prophetic visions? <laughs> know your history. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect ending words. Um, from our next columnist on the list on Tuesday, um, Alicia, you wrote about why Black-centered organizations are not racist but necessary. Can you uh, explain to the folks out there? Um, so basically, I just wanted to shed light on Black organizations. Um, a lot of times, people that aren't a part of them see them as kind of a threat or as racist and we're by far means by far like not racist at all there's no there's no way for us to be racist <laughs> racism like i said racism requires privilege and power in which in this day and age even in past generations we've never had that so um i was just shedding light on black organizations whether greek or nonprofit, or just they're meant to help people and they're meant to uh, give us an outlet to, you know, uh, talk about what's going on. Like, we can't just talk to white people about black issues. Like, when white people aren't involved, they just, they freak out and they see it as a threat and they they want to, you know, just like the Black Lives Matter movement, like, they just don't, they think that all lives matter. And it's like, we've never, we can, when we have our own thing, they just feel like it's it's a, it's not okay. When generations, we've never had our own outlets and our own, um, you know, communities to go off of. It's always white people, you know, having their, white people being above us. So I just think that um, when minorities get together, it's a beautiful thing and it's not seen as racist at all. Yeah, definitely is a beautiful thing. I definitely agree with what she had to say and I think it was important that she pointed out that the reason most of these organizations were founded were based on need because black people weren't being included in white fraternities and sororities and other organizations. And therefore they had to make their own. And I think a lot of people nowadays forget that and they just see us as being non-inclusive yeah. when we're just continuing on the... Um, the legacy. Basically. Yeah, the legacy. Like they, they want us to assimilate into their culture. So yeah. we've created these things. These, things. these organizations were born out of exclusion. And now that we have, I mean, we don't have a seat at the table. We have, you know, a stool at the table. Um, they want us to kind of get rid of everything that we've built for ourselves and just go to their parties now. Like, oh, we, 
you know, we gave you, we didn't give you a turkey, but we gave you a chicken bone. So like, maybe you can come over here and help us out. And it's like, no, like we, we, there are certain things that we need to talk about together. And as you said in the piece, Alicia, it, it serves as kind of like a safe space. Because I know for me, having having conversations about Black things, I always describe it as like a family. So like there are certain things that I keep in the family. Like when I'm in mixed company, like with white people or just any non-Black person, there are certain things that I won't say. Or even like if they're negative, like, because, and we'll get to Sterling's piece about Black unity, but even something like that, like I'll talk about it amongst black people, but I feel like it's not for them to know. Yeah. So like if there's some kind of dysfunction in our community or if there's some kind of battling going on, I'm not gonna talk about it to you because it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Like I can talk about my sister till the cows come home, but if someone else does it, then it's like, okay. Exactly. And it's not like they would, they might be able to sympathize with our issues and our struggles, at the end of the day they're not going to truly understand it's like trying to swim as a dolphin if that makes sense like you don't know what it feels like to swim with a dorsal fin and flippers because you're not a dolphin you weren't born with those appendages but you know how to swim that's not the same thing you get what i'm saying yeah so yeah they just it's nice for your sympathy but at the same time you don't really know what it's like. Yeah. So I prefer to talk to someone that I really, like, really understands where I'm coming from. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then there's also just so much more to be done. Like, we haven't reached that apex yet. So these organizations are needed not just to continue on the legacy, but also to further the work that was started, you know, decades ago by. Uh, by other black people. Like, there's just so much more to be done. We can't, even if we wanted to and get rid of these things because we've perfectly, quote unquote, assimilated into the dominant culture, in 2016, that's not, that's not an option because we haven't. There's still just so much more to do. Sterling, what'd you think? I thought it was a very informative piece to people that don't understand, like, why these organizations and different things were founded for us. Um, I totally agree that it's, you know, those outlets are needed, especially for um, places like Texas State where um, there's only 10% of African-American students attending here. Um, You need your own outlet because with people that are gonna understand you. Um, so I, I totally agree on her column, topics, points, beautiful, done. <laughs> were you going to say something, Lisa? You look like you were yeah. reaching for the mic. Um, I just feel like white people expect us, well, they want us to give them a pat on the back um, when they finally yes. accept black people into their organizations, like maybe a couple. They see it as, I think they do it more so out of their appearance and, hey, we have some diversity. Whether, whereas instead of being like they actually care and they actually want to get to know other races, especially African Americans, it's all like for show. And I just, it's not sympathetic at all. They don't sympathize with us. I would never um, tell a white person my issue that, about black people because it's all fake. They've always been fake. And 
that's how Go I feel. In, like girl. they're they're fake, and I'm not about to. I'm not about to tell you how I feel if you're just gonna smile in my face and be like, oh well, you know. No, I don't. I don't see that. So these outlets are very important because I can relate to another black person. I can't relate to a white person, and vice versa. So don't act like you care about me when you really don't. I'm not about to give you a pat on the back. Sorry. Okay. That was not shade. That was the whole tree. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia just threw the whole tree. Um, I want to add on to that. Well, not add on, but just thinking about it, like, they're not going to have the same passion for some of the issues that we bring up, like, in our communities. So even though, because there's, there's an organization that was founded by an African-American man, and he, like, founded it on Christian ideals and things like that, but it helped inner-city boys. And most of those inner-city boys in this Dallas area, they were predominantly African-American, Hispanic. And we would get, um, we would get volunteers to come and help out and they'd come from like TCU and all these different places and ba- and it's, it was basically rich white people trying to you know woo woo here here there you go um, let's help out the poor yeah. black people it seems like and so and then they always do like a photo op yeah like they, and then they the you know they take photos like with the boys mm-hmm. and it's it's just you know it's nice it it's a nice gesture for you to donate money and to um take out your time and help volunteer with these boys but like the intention the intention behind um when for it, it i question intentions always like behind when white people are trying to you know help out or it, it just it it to me it kind sometimes it seems shady or like you're you're not doing it full-heartedly so um I think it's like it's needed for these groups like for our organizations because we know that our passion is going to be true behind it for yeah. whatever we're doing because yeah. it's connected directly back to us like I can see a little black boy or a little black girl and I can see them in their face you know but mm-hmm. with a white person not saying we're all human beings but when they identify and they see oh they see a little black boy or a little black girl you know yeah like, and oftentimes seeing that little black boy or little black girl, the connotation is something less than, because it's always some kind of charity, some kind of like, look at me helping out these, you know, in, quote unquote inner city, these urban kids. Like, aren't I just, you know, it's the white savior complex, mm-hmm. which is what they talk about quite often. Um, so <laughs> I agree with some of what you're saying, but um, I don't think it's fair to generalize mm-hmm. a whole entire race is not caring because <laughs> um, we wouldn't want people doing that to us, first of all. And I've met plenty of people who aren't black from other races who do truly care because they're just good people. Mm-hmm. Like um, my best friend, she's white and um, I can talk to her even though she may not always understand where I'm coming from, I can talk to her about black issues because we have a relationship where she sees that these things are important to me and therefore they're important to her. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the same context as they are to me, if that makes sense, but because it's important to me, it's important to her. And she cares about me, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So my problems are her problems and vice versa. But doesn't that kind of go back to what Sterling was saying? Cause you just kind of admitted there that she doesn't necessarily care about black people because she's friends with you and you have a problem with it. She's like, oh, okay, I have a problem with it too. It's not humanizing black people as, oh my gosh, there's all this oppression. There's this disparity. Let me help them. It's, 
oh, my best friend is black. She doesn't like this, so I'm a ride or die for her. Uh, I guess, but there are plenty of white people who do care. You see them yeah, show up at yeah. Black Lives Matter events and at other, like, in the... NAACP things because they care about people so I just don't think it's fair to assume the whole race mm-hmm. just don't give a f- <laughs> just don't care about us yeah. you know well um, was that what you were doing Alicia I don't were you I don't I, w- I wouldn't classify that as generalizing I don't think you were saying all white people you're saying white people as in at least that's how I took it as in the average so to speak because when you look at it historically even contemporarily and when you even look at the statistics 50 what one percent of americans admittedly have an anti-black bias like these are the people who actually admitted it so you know the actual number is even higher so you're not at least i didn't take it like you were saying all white people can you kind of i mean i wasn't saying as a whole i'm saying as the majority um I'm not, I mean, I understand that some white people do care and I've witnessed that myself. Like I have white friends too. It's just, I just feel like some people care, but most of them don't. And I've I've witnessed it myself and I see a lot of fakeness and I just wanted to address it. It's not that, just like all black people aren't the same, all white people aren't the same too. So I address that too, but I feel like a majority doesn't truly care mm-hmm. and then like try it's it's just so hard nowadays trying to distinguish like genuine and like yeah, how how do you distinguish that like i i don't know like yeah how how no one knows how are you going to distinguish whether a white person is um genuinely caring about your issues and your topics it of course through their actions and all all this different stuff but it it's just unpredictable people in general are just unpredictable so i think when they continue to show up that's how you know it's genuine and more importantly when they don't um when they don't um waver in the face of adversity or um like black people trying to hold them accountable. Like when, this is a whole other discussion, but when you talk about allyship, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, white people are doing this, you know, these are things going on. And we don't internalize that and don't get defensive and instead, or even when they're accusing you of doing something, maybe a microaggression or just saying something in a certain way that you didn't realize. So saying like, oh, I didn't mean it like that or get defensive, you internalize that and say, oh, let me check myself and reevaluate how, how I'm going about that going about doing something and just constantly showing up like don't be a fair weather ally don't be someone who you know when the weather's nice and everyone's cute and fun and you know their tone is is all sweet then you're like oh yeah i'm all for this but then when they (laughs) when they turn up or get angry and start yelling um then you turn into Mr. Tone po- or Mrs. or Nick's uh, Tone Police, and are like, "Oh no, I'm I'm not here for this anymore. Y'all have, y'all y'all are too angry for me." Then that's how you know. Okay, we didn't need you in the first place. I think, at least I think that's my my personal opinions. Um, wow, that's quite lively. Any <laughs> last <laughs> comments? <laughs> I didn't mean to go that far. Alicia just went off. She's like, I have something to say. Hold up. <clears throat> Speaking of something to say, Miss Sterling, 
caused quite the controversy on Twitter um, with your why can't we be friends, how black unity at Texas State is severely lacking. You want to um, tell people about what it is and then we can get into the Twitter stuff and all that. First of all, the name on the Twitter is very misleading. I wish that people would read the actual whole article before they go on rants on Twitter first. Second of all, my point in this whole entire column was not to degrade. I We've been degraded enough. We've been talked down to and, and punched and bullied around enough. And my point was not to try to insult us as a race because I'm a part of this race and I'm not going to insult myself. But I'm just trying to be real with everybody and say that these are issues in our community. These are things that tends to happen that are pulling us apart. I want us to be unified. I don't want us to be breaking apart because of Twitter and Instagram and all types of foolishness, people hating on people at parties or events, gossip, you know? And I'm not saying that we're the only race that does it because no, white people do it, Hispanic people do it. Asian people, every race has their problems. This is Black History Month. I'm talking about us. This is African American History Month. I'm covering issues in our race. Not saying that everybody does all these things that I was talking about in my article, but for those who do, and there are those who do at this school, I need you to get it together. That was my point in this whole entire column. Please read the column. Snaps for Sterling, yes, go yes. off. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, a lot of people, they do just read the headlines. Like, they just, oh, uh-uh, let me, let me write a 12-page Twitter bio about this. It's like, you didn't even take the time out to read it. Um, but, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious. This is Black History Month, and also you're a black woman talking about your experience. So people saying... Oh, what about other communities? It's like, well, I'm not a part of other communities, so like I can't just say, oh, Asian people be doing this, and it's like, how do you know? And it's like, oh, I don't. I just had to say it because they wanted me to. Like that doesn't make sense. I have two things to say. First is about the whole Twitter thing. They, someone took a picture and like just took out a paragraph yeah, out of the whole that. entire column and just talked about that. Like you can't take something out of context like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you didn't read the whole. Co- like sit down what are you doing you don't know you don't even know what's going on and the other thing i want to say is that black people have a history of a crabs in the bucket mentality even before this whole twitter and instagram before social media before the internet we've always had this thing where we need to pull other black people down for some reason and that is not okay i don't understand why that exists you know I'm even even my grandmother and my mother would be telling me about this and they'd be like, oh, I'm just like crabs in a bucket. That's how black people are. And I'm like, are you okay with that? Because I'm not. It's not cool. Yeah. yeah. We need to be uplifting each other because if we don't do it, it will. Which is exact, literally almost verbatim what Sterling said in our <laughs> column. Like, uplift each other. <laughs> I think you did actually say, if we don't, who else will? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess people want us to be down in the in the trenches but you know they like when we messy so yeah they love to throw shade we're entertaining mm-hmm. they oh they love it cut you a side eye and just drag you for no reason just for <laughs> saying like hey good morning then they just destroy your entire life Jeez, like, <laughs> okay i guess i won't talk to you anymore <laughs> no lord 
I was about to say somebody's name. Um, Alicia, <laughs> Alicia, did you have any thoughts on Black unity at Texas State? It's very important, especially here, going to a, a mostly white school, that we need to get, I mean, come together. Um, I know there's this thing with, you know, light skin and dark skin and looking at somebody. Rainbow. Su- <laughs> looking at, you know, light skins as superior. And that's just horrible because that's we're basically acting like white people now (laughs) acting like white people and they see us as you know inferior but they see lighter lighter tone you know african-americans is oh they're kind of okay like i could like no that's not okay at all so um i just think we need to come together i've gotten many ugly stares and at this point I don't even smile at people anymore like oh, I'm just like I got my shades it. on I saw you and <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding he didn't see me <laughs> but you know when you do smile at people it's kind of like awkward and yeah. they don't want to wave back and yeah. you know like there's been plenty of times where I've, I've waved at people that I've we're not necessarily friends but you know if we're in a class together if you sit next to me every day and then I, I see yeah. you outside of class and you know try to speak to you and you just look at me like I'm just crazy like okay like who are you I'm yeah like, oh, you okay I won't share months. my notes with you anymore <laughs> like it's I don't it's crazy we need to come together it's really sad because we go to an all-white school basically and uh, and another like I I didn't get the time I words all this stuff to put in um the column but it's not like I'm not saying that we all have to like be buddy buddy and everyone's best friends and we're all gonna skip around in a big circle and sing like happy songs together like no I understand that people are different and people have their differences they have different opinions they have different faiths you know not everybody is going to be best friends but at least be you know nice to each other you know not give like I said the dirty stairs like the dirty stare downs the dirty stare downs must stop or, you know, when I first came to Texas State, I was kind of scared. And, my, and, like, there was a group, a huge group of African-American worlds, girls walking towards me as I was going to Falls because I lived there my freshman year. Mm. And um, they just kind of looked at me and my mom. They just kind of looked. And I, I'm from New York, so I don't, give a, I don't have a problem giving you the dirty stare down. I just looked, too, and looked away. My mom was like, what is wrong with you and I was just like mom that's just how it is she's like your generation there's something wrong with your generation I really didn't understand what she was talking about then but um, she's like you need to speak to people especially black people and she said it really loud and I was embarrassed and I'm like mom what is your problem she's like you 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 just have to learn there's not a lot of y'all here and you need to get along and she was saying some of the same stuff that I'm talking about in this column and once I got through the whole entire school year seeing all the drama and craziness not saying that that's all that was in our black community but seeing that side of our black community I was just like wow I understand what my mom's talking about in some of these aspects if if I was able to maybe smile or say hey to those three girls over there and them not think that I'm just mean mugging them or staring them down you know think that I'm genuinely a cool person then maybe we wouldn't have had to throw hands at the party and that's another thing Don't use your hands to solve issues. It's bad enough that that's all that is perpetuated on social media and mainstream TV and music. It, it's it's bad enough that violence is 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 a 
like a stamp on black nature. Like they, they think that we're barbaric. They think that we're animals and we're aggressive. Of course, they think that we're, we're bad. Just black is bad to, to everybody else, to the world. And so I, oh, I want people to know, well, not saying that other races don't fight, because they do, and they probably fight just as bad, just as bad or worse than we do. But just saying to us, we don't need to destroy each other just because we disagree on something. Talk it out. You can agree to disagree. You can still not like that person. Just don't put bodily harm or, you know, trying to ruin their reputation, come for their life and put all their business out on social media and tear everybody up. That's that's not the way to do it. That's just continuing a, a self hurting cycle. That's what we're doing, tearing everything down that everyone has built before us. Go yeah, I just want to say something about fighting. We are adults. You can get go to jail for fighting. Why the? Why are you fighting? That is the dumbest thing you can do. Do you really want to be in jail? You're here to get an, an education, not to go fight people in the middle of the street. You are an adult. Talk it out. Why are you fighting? Why? That's so dumb. I'm sorry. I just, I don't understand. Like girls are so quick. That's. Boys and guys too. yeah and boys guys. too but but i'm talking mainly to the girls right now like why how how does that better you explain to me how a scratched up face is you you're you care about being cute right so why are you gonna let another girl scratch your face up why are you gonna let her pull out your weave that you paid 300 dollars a bundle for why a bundle and nails that you paid 75 dollars for yeah you gonna let her break your nails them stiletto nails honey no Nah, we better sit down and talk this out because i worked hard for my appearance i'm about to let somebody just come mess it up and same with boys like y'all can do better grow grow up you're not three you're not this is not your sibling you're well i guess we are brothers and sisters but you need to leave that in the past here here yeah yeah and we should you have a come to Jesus moment too, like the <laughs> like Sterling and Michaela. Um, no, I just feel like um, when you do sometimes when I walk into a room of girls, of black girls, I found that I I feel like they think that I'm intimidating, and so that's why they can you know give me the ugly stare or like looking at me and my outfit, what I got on, how's my hair looking. It's they're all about observing great. each other. I think that's what we do. We look at we don't look at the other another black girl as, oh she's cute, like she's pretty. We look at her as like a competition, like, oh, she got them new shoes on, I need to get those or oh her hair look horrible. Like I'm like, no, it's it's I feel like it's all a competition and we need to get out of that mindset. Like, it's okay to compliment. You don't have to give a dirty stare because you know she looks good. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Can I insert a nugget? Of course, girl. Okay. And so, (laughs) that being said, going in on our African-American community, again, I'm not saying that this happens all the time. I'm not saying that this is who we are, but I'm just saying that this is an aspect of our community that is that is like a virus and it will tear up 
anything and everything good that we ever try to create if this continues. That being said, organizations like BWU or BMU that are pro coming together as African American people and talking about these issues and making sure that um, that we're not throwing hands at a party because, hey, she's a part of BMU, I'm a part of BMU, we talked about this, we don't have to throw hands at a party because um, my boyfriend is a dog and he was looking at somebody else at the party or getting worked on. Like, uh, that's, you know, like... Getting worked on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but it's, it's really <laughs> stupid issues like that that yeah. have people worked up and riled up. And so when we have these these organizations for us to go to, go to some of those meetings, meet some people, fellowship with your other fellow black people. So you're not thinking that it's your four no more and us against the world, boo-boo. No, it's not. We're here as a family, as a community. Not saying everyone has to be best friends, but just saying so you know about people. So you know, hey, someone, all of us have your back in this instance. Like, come on, please. Go, go to these organizations, get involved. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and another thing, I'm not gonna go off like y'all, um, but organizations, get it together, because I've been to enough of the meetings to know that a lot of times it ain't right. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna keep it cute. Just, just please, for the black people here, create a nurturing environment, something that will unify them, and not one that perpetuates this this kind of schism. So now uh, I wrote about the importance of Black Lives Matter and the folly of equality. So I'll just uh, talk about it real quick because we're running, um, we're getting crunch on time here. So it, it was going to start off as just a general topic about Black Lives Matter, but per usual when I'm writing something, it, it the the topic go gets deeper and then I start going into something else and and it it, it actually kind of pieced together quite well instead of just focusing so much on black lives matters black lives matter which we did a column on before it it focused more so on the reason for it and not just in passing but the difference between equality and equity and why not just this movement but other movements like it are important which I thought was, which I was actually quite proud of myself for, if I can pat myself on the back. So quickly, <laughs> ladies, um, what'd y'all think about it? I thought just it was, the topic? Um, yeah, I thought everything that you said was important about how once, even if you start off, no, we have started off in different stages in life. So after about 200 so years, of time passing, even if you pat us on the back and say things are gonna be equal, in reality, they really aren't because there has been so much disparity to begin with. And the whole Black Lives Matter movement is not implying that black lives are more important by no means. At the end of that phrase is the unspoken two, Black Lives Matter two. Yeah, yeah. So when anyone hits me with that all lives matter, it takes all my strength and the, the Lord Jesus Christ not to backhand them and their foolishness. <laughs> Same. <laughs> because it just doesn't, like I point out in thing, if you're at like, you know, they have the walk for breast cancer or whatever. 
No one's yeah. like, oh no, girl, like, like I said, like my mom <laughs> got athlete's foot. <laughs> like, why y'all only walking for cancer? What about athlete's foot? And it's like, well, girl, this the banner says this is for cancer. You can start an organization for athlete's foot if you want to. We might and, support. <laughs> yeah, we might support it. But also, let's not forget that cancer kills people. Your mom. You know, you may not want to be around her when she takes off her shoes, but she's not dying because of athlete's foot. So, like, let's put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why people always want to make it about them, and it's never not. It's never about them. Go off of these shit. <laughs> <laughs> they just always want to, you know, pinpoint. They want to, you know, put their little two cents in and yeah, just right. make sure, like, they're a part of some everything yeah. when it's not about you. Make, yeah. For once, it's about us. Give us some credit for something. Like, you don't always have to be involved. Yeah. You're so right. Like, literally everything. They got to get involved. Yeah, like, stay always, in your lane. That's what I always say. They always want to center themselves in something. When they find out that they're not a part of something, they're like, oh, no. Like, I'm a part of everything. I have to be a part of this. You can't tell me that I can't be here because I can be everywhere. Like, it's, yeah. it goes back to the, the what we're talking about with entitlement. Like, literally stay in your lane. Like, this isn't for you, girl. You're you're swerving all to the left. You need to be in that right lane. Yeah, like, they stay be an attention hole, basically. And it makes me sad because <laughs> all the energy that they put into these counterproductive <laughs> actions towards, like, our movements or anything else that we're trying to do with our community, if they would join along with us we wouldn't be having a whole lot of these issues if 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 you do you get understand what i'm saying if they spent all this energy that they're trying to combat us with all these little slick things that they think is is going to tear us down if they put all their energy like this into helping us we wouldn't have to have a black lives matter because it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be needed. It, it wouldn't would, be needed. It wouldn't be implied that they mattered just as much. Because, because things would work. have changed by now. Exactly. If the white people in our parents' generation, if they, you know, had, you know, all the this energy and, and, and things invested into getting rid of the issues that have been perpetu- for for generations, then we would not be having these problems now. So what I'm saying to white people is... Can you be on our side instead of kind of hopping over there and going band bandwagoning along with everybody else trying to combat what really should be the real issue? Yep. Exactly. And don't claim that you care about all human beings and all people when you obviously really don't. Like, sit down. What are you talking about? Obviously, if you really cared about all human beings, like you say, my issues would be as important as your issues. Which, what issues do you have, really? Mm-hmm. Really, the heterosexual white male. What, what issues do you have, sir? Are, is it because we're finally getting some attention? <laughs> you, you feel bad about that? Please. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Miss Girl. I told you they don't care. <laughs> 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 now, I'm, now is on your bandwagon. Yeah, I'm like, you know with uh, But yeah, definitely, <clears throat> they would like the whole thing with the all lives matter, all lives matter thing is, and people talked about it before, is they don't do anything. Like it's just with Black Lives Matter, they're actually organizing and congregating for something. All lives matter. You never see them like, oh my gosh, look, this person just died. Hashtag all lives matter. No, it's like only when black people say black lives matter, then they come out in droves talking about no, all lives matter. Like, okay, if they did, then what are you doing for them, girl? Like, what are you doing? Nothing. 
exactly? <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So, any last, any last thoughts on just this general forum? What y'all got to say? Y'all said a lot. I just have to say, if you ain't gonna support us, don't come for us. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I love my black people, mm-hmm. and it makes me sad about a whole lot of the stuff that's going on, and. We have the power to change it. We do. It's all in our hands. It really is. Not the government, not officials, not people above us, but it's it's in our hands. And so that being said, be the change that you want to see. That's that's all I have to say. Alicia, any parting words? You had a lot. Go black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do better. Yep. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Black Power. Hashtag Melanin on fleek. Hashtag you can't sit with us. Because <laughs> we wear pink on Wednesdays. Um, so quite the lively discussion as y'all see. Um, tune in next week for where we'll go on another foray. Hopefully um, as emotionally empowered as this one. Um, so for me, Brandon Sam's opinions editor and Alicia Hurst, Michaela Everett, and Sterling Wilmore. We'll see you next time. Thank you.